What's up, y'all? This is Sakia, and you are tuned in to Paperwork Party. I was dating this guy. You know, it always starts out like that when it's a chick. <laughs> when it's a chick in a drug case, it always starts out with, I was dating this guy. Mm-hmm. I introduced him to another guy. Now, I knew what they was going to end up doing, mm-hmm. but once I made the introduction, I backed away from it. Mm-hmm. So... They're on his phone at the time. When I say on his phone, I mean like they got his phone tapped. He was the main guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he's the target. Their logic was things didn't start getting violent in, in Alabama and the money started circulating and things just started ha- didn't start happening until he started dealing with the person that I had introduced him to. So if you would not have introduced these two people together... Mm. None of this stuff subsequently would have happened. I opened the door. They grabbed me and pulled me out the door outside. They got guns. They in tactical gear. Like, the shit is crazy. I do the most. <laughs> this is... The paperwork party. And um, go ahead and introduce yourself. First episode, huh? First episode. Dope, dope. My name is Sakia Donaldson, and mm-hmm. um, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Looking real lavishly. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Look like you got some money. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we just working with what we got. Yeah. Yeah, we just working with what we got. You don't look like what you've been through. God is good. Mm -hmm. God is definitely good. So um, you went to federal prison. I did. I did. Um, I went to federal prison for 20. I was sentenced to 26 months, and I actually did 20 months. 20 months. Yep. And what was your charges? My charge was conspiracy to distribute um, a controlled substance, and I had a phone a phone charge, like the commission of a crime using a telecommunications device, basically a phone charge. Never heard of that. Never heard of that? No. So basically, if you're using your phone to further along a crime, whether you're talking on the phone, whether you're DMing or sending text messages or anything like that, they can charge you with a a phone count. That's everybody. <laughs> That's everybody. <laughs> any type of fraud case, any type drug of case. any case is going down on the phone. That's just like an extra charge. No, that, to... that's something that they just gonna stick on you to just make it just seem bigger yeah. than what it what mm-hmm. it really is. And then the, the conspiracy charge is some shit that you just can't beat because like, they don't have to prove nothing. Right, right. As long as you affiliated, you know something. Like I always say, I just caught a nigga cold. That's really what the reality of the situation uh-huh. was. Like, I'm thinking, you know, like when I go to court, I'm going to see all these drugs and yeah. guns and money on the table. Man, they they get they put these niggas away from snitches, phone calls, texts, surveillance, like mm. no drugs, no money, no just. OK, let's rewind. Um, okay. So before your case, mm-hmm. um, what were you doing? Like B- before my case, um, I was a wardrobe stylist. Mm-hmm. I've been a wardrobe stylist since 20, 2003. 
um, when I graduated from Clark. Oh, you went to Clark? Yeah, I went to Clark, class of 03. <laughs> That's what's up. Find a way to make one. Mm-hmm. And then um, after Clark, I went to New York and I went to FIT, mm-hmm. the Fashion Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. Um, then I came back here. I started working for Tamika. At that time, she was Tamika Glover. And um, I started working under her. I interned under her. Mm-hmm. I interned at Jeffries mm-hmm. in New York. And that's, that's kind of what kicked off my styling career. So what was your plan? My plan was to ultimately become like the next. <laughs> that's so crazy because I just said this a couple of days ago. To be like the black Anna Wintour. Mm-hmm. That, was my, that was my goal. Mm. Like I really, I really felt like I could do it. What year did you graduate? Oh, three. Oh, three. Mm-hmm. And so, but you got locked up 2019. 19. Yeah. Okay. So let's say like a couple years before that, what were mm-hmm. you, was that what you, the field you was in? Fashion? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I had did a few things like off, off of that. Like um, I had a nightclub for a duration of time mm-hmm. over in Shambly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an after hour spot. So I did that for a little bit. Um. I had a retail store for mm-hmm. a little bit, but it always kind of came back to fashion. Mm-hmm. So, like, how did you get caught up with this case, Eight. this conspiracy? Um, I was dating this guy. You mm-hmm. know, it always starts out like that when it's a chick. <laughs> when it's a chick in a drug case, it always starts out with, I was dating this guy. Mm-hmm. So I was dating this guy. He was from Alabama. So he from Alabama. I'm here in Atlanta. So... I introduced him to another guy. Now, I knew what they was going to end up doing, Mm -hmm. but once I made the introduction, I backed away from it Mm -hmm. because that's not something that I'm doing on my day-to-day business. It's just like, yo, this so-and-so, so-and-so, this this my people's, this my people's, y'all do what it do, Mm -hmm. you know? So that relationship went on for probably like a year. Mm -hmm. Like... When they came and got me, I wasn't even still talking, dating the guy. Like, mm-hmm. we had stopped dating. We were still cool because I don't really be falling out with dudes. But we were still cool, but we weren't dating anymore. Mm-hmm. So how they got me was they had did some business and some money got messed up. Like, my dude or my ex-dude had gave the guy a large amount of money and the guy was playing around you know, with the money. I guess he felt like they had worked together so much and had built up a certain rapport, mm-hmm. you know, it was okay for him to do that. Had he would have said something to me about it, I would have told like, he my people's, but you know how you got people, you and you they cool, but you know in the back of your mind, like they are susceptible to do fuck shit. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So if he would have talked to me about that, I would have been like, I don't really think that's the best way to do it. You might just want to stay rocking how you rock but he didn't so he gave the guy the money so when the stuff started getting funny he called me now at this time the people are on his phone because there's like i said he's from alabama i don't go to alabama so i don't know what the hell they got going on down there but Mm -hmm. the investigation started from down there so they're on his phone at the time when i say on his phone mean like they got his phone tapped Mm -hmm. so he calls me and he's like, what's up with your mans? You know, I gave him this, 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 whoop, whoop, whoop. And now he moving funny. And, and so I'm just like. Saying it's all on the phone. All on the phone. <laughs> so I'm just like, bro, like, 
all right, like, all right. So then I call mm. the guy, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's up? Mm. Like, what's the what's the problem? You know? And he's just like, I told him, sis, it was da 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 da. And I swear, it was just that simple. That's the extent. That's why I only got one phone count. That's what they got you for. That's what they got me for. Because they said. <laughs> So when these people came to my house, bro, imagine mm-hmm. the shock. Mm-hmm. But their reasoning was, first off, it was like 37 people on my case. I only know one person, and mm-hmm. that's my ex. He was the main guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he's the target. So their logic was he 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 didn't start... Things didn't start getting violent in, in Alabama and the money started circulating and things just started ha- didn't start happening until he started dealing with the person that I had introduced him to. Mm-hmm. That, that was their logic. Like the drugs got bigger, the money got bigger, the crime mm-hmm. got bigger, everything got bigger. So if you would not have introduced these two people together, mm-hmm. none of this stuff subsequently would have happened. That was their logic. Mm-hmm. So now... They got 37 people on the case. They want to make it way more than it is. So now they want to paint the narrative of like a Alabama to Atlanta pipeline. Like mm. it's like shit. Is just- Man, they be, they be putting shit together like fucking I, a movie or something. I'm talking like, about you would think that they fucking trafficking shit up and down 85. And I'm just like, y'all got to relax. Like y'all mm. have really got to relax. And then like. As I kind of just got into it, I just was like, these people crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, like, I'm sitting here listening to this shit, like, me? Like, <laughs> and that was the thing. That, that, that's how I was. Like, when they came and got me, I just was like, y'all gotta have a wrong person. Like, right, it right. ain't no fucking way y'all at my door about that shit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no way. So, okay, let's take them through the, that process. So, when they, they kicked in your door? Okay. So, I wake up every morning at 5.45. Mm-hmm. And it was so crazy because my niece was in town visiting me from Florida. Mm-hmm. She had been there for like a week. So I was up. Mm-hmm. Now, when they knocked on the door, I immediately knew it was the police. Because who the fuck else is knocking on your door like that at 6 o'clock in the morning? So I opened the door. They grabbed me and pulled me out the door outside. And so... They got me on the ground. They got guns. They got red beams. They in tactical gear. Like, the shit is crazy. They do the most. They do the most. <laughs> so they asking me, is anybody else in the house? I'm like, yes, my little niece is in the house. Do not go in there with beams on her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they asked me for her name. I told them her name. They called her. They got her out the house. And then they went in the house to make sure um, nobody else was in the house. Then once they got, um, once they secured the premises, they let me go back in. They told me I was being arrested. They had an arrest warrant for me. And they asked me if I could call somebody um, for my niece. So I'm like, okay, they let me get dressed. And um, they let me wait for a little bit until somebody came and got my niece. But I mean, when I got outside and I saw how many officers or mm-hmm. agents were there it was like 20 motherfuckers there mm-hmm. like they had the building surrounded they bought a pool they like well we didn't know if you were gonna jump off i'm like jump off the back like <laughs> who's doing that like 
y'all crazy. It, it was, it was just like, what? And then still, like, I'm still like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this has got to be a mistake. Mm-hmm. Then when the DEA, because it was one DEA agent and the rest were um, marshals. So the DEA agent told me he was from the middle district of Alabama. And when he said that, I already knew it was, it was from the guy. Mm-hmm. So. So you got arrested that day. I got arrested that day. Um, they took me downtown and just like shout out to the marshal that took me because I was like, bro, please don't take me down there. And. I'm hungry. Like, <laughs> please don't do this. And so he stopped at Dunkin' Donuts. He got me some Damn. food. Yeah, no, he was real cool. And he was like, he, because he told me he had did surveillance on me. Mm-hmm. He said he had came over to my building. He had talked to the people at the building. He, um, he said he saw me doing a photo shoot over there one time, one day. Like, it was real live surveillance. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I knew it wasn't really going to be a problem coming to get you. Cause I was like, why, why did it take 20 agents? And he was mm. like, that's just protocol. Mm. So then when, when he got me downtown, he was like, um, if I could just give you a word of advice, he was like, I don't know nothing about your case, but you seem like a, you know, a, a good young lady. He was like, make them people do their job. Mm. That's what he said. And I took that as don't say shit, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what he said. He said, just like I had to get up this morning and come and get you, make them people do their job. Mm. So they take me downtown and um, they, a lawyer comes in a couple hours later. They give me my indictment. What state was this? I was in Atlanta. Okay. I was in Atlanta. Um, they give me my indictment and um, they tell me that I have a court appearance at like one o'clock or something to get bond. Mm-hmm. So we go to the court. They they don't give me bond immediately because the district attorney or the AUSA from Alabama wants them to transport me to Alabama. So the judge is like, let's just calm down and let's just give it like 48 hours. I think they have 48 hours like if either party doesn't agree, like they have 48 hours to bring a motion or whatever. So I got picked up on a Wednesday. Friday would have been my 48 hours. And this wasn't nothing but God because the AUSA that was there, she bucking. Like every time my lawyer say something or the judge, she like, no, 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 no. Send her to Alabama. Send her to Alabama. Like she bucking. Mm -hmm. But it just so happened she had to be in another district on that Friday. So they had another AUSA Mm -hmm. sit in. And he just ain't give a fuck. Like he just sitting over there on his phone, like, okay, Your Honor. Mm. Okay. My lawyer's like, she'll wear ankle monitors, she'll surrender her passport, yada yada. He's like, okay, okay, all right, boom. And then I'm gone. Mm. So, but they did take me to Lovejoy. I did have to spend, I got to Lovejoy like Wednesday night. I had to stay there Thursday, Friday morning. They came back and um got me and I went back to court and then they let me out on bond. They put an ankle monitor on me. Mm. So did you have a, a lawyer or a public defender? I had a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I had a paid lawyer. And I tell everybody, don't fuck that. Because what I learned is that my lawyer cost $30,000. And I got a lawyer from down there. He was out of Tuskegee. It was so many people on my case. And the case was in Montgomery. So they don't have a whole plethora of lawyers. Yeah you know, defending these types of cases. Mm -hmm. So when I was calling around trying to find a lawyer, 
And I mean, these are top notch lawyers because I'm talking to lawyers here and they're recommending me to lawyers down there because I was thinking about getting a lawyer from here. But then he started talking about travel and all this type of shit. And then I didn't want to go in there like, OK, you're the you're the target's girlfriend. And, you know, we believe that you were the mastermind behind this whole operation. <laughs> and now you're coming in here from Atlanta with your flashy lawyer and you're like, whatever the fuck we said you did, bitch, you did it. Like, yeah. I didn't want that image. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm like, OK. So as I'm calling the lawyers down there, they're like, oh, you know, we're already representing somebody on your case. Now, these are 30, 40, 50 thousand dollar lawyers. So when I get to the court and I see who they're representing, I'm like, I know they can't afford to pay, you know, the lawyer. But what I learned was that in the Fed cases, the same lawyer that you would pay thirty, forty thousand dollars for, they'd take another person case for free mm-hmm. because they have to take a certain amount of cases. Mm-hmm. So I just should have sat back and let the courts assign me a lawyer like they did everybody else because mm-hmm. the girl that got the lawyer that I was willing to pay 30 grand for she got it for free mm-hmm. you know what I mean but when you getting arrested and you it is pressure the first thing you think is I gotta get a mm-hmm. lawyer mm-hmm. you know what I mean and and that's what I did here's what I got to say about it um I paid 30k for a lawyer and um you know the feds they go by this point system so it's like, okay, you get this lawyer and they have to sentence you based on the scale where you where right. you meet your what your what right. your range is. Right. I don't give a fuck if you bring Perry Mason, Johnny Cochran, and Matt Lock in yeah. that motherfucker. Yeah. You gonna get what you're supposed to get. Right. And I didn't learn that until my PO told me. When I tell you I had the coolest PO, mm-hmm. because he was from here, Jason. I can't think of his last Pre-trial name. Pre-trial or pre-trial. Uh-huh. And he told me. He came to my house one day. Um, he was like, your lawyer? I was like, yeah, he okay. He cool. And he was like, look, Ms. Donaldson, you're going to get the, the feds is different from the state. The state could play around and this, mm-hmm. that, and the third. The feds ain't doing that. He said, you're going to have a number right here. You're going to have a number right here. Mm-hmm. Wherever them shit need at, <laughs> yeah. that's what the fuck you going to That's get. your guidelines. That's yeah. your guidelines. Mm-hmm. He was like, so you're going to get the same state whether you pay for it or whether they give it to you for free. Mm-hmm. But of course, that's after I done retained the lawyer and yeah. he done went to court mm-hmm. for me a couple of times. And then, like, I worked my lawyer. Like, bro, you not. First off, I'm mad that I didn't get you my money. Mm-hmm. Second off, like they took my passport and they I got arrested in August and my birthday is in October. So I was planning on going to Greece. Like I had my trip paid for. I was going to get surgery. I don't pay for my surgery. Like I was supposed to go get my surgery like three days after they arrested me. Mm-hmm. I think I was supposed to go on the ninth. They picked me up on the third. So about a week later, I don't spend money on that. I don't pay for my trip, mm. all this. So they take my passport. So I'm bucking like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I am an American citizen. I have mm. not been convicted of anything. I, I need to go on my trip. Like, what the fuck? Like, mm. how y'all not going to let me go on my trip? So my lawyer's just filing motion after motion. So I go down there and um, they just like, Ms. Donaldson, like, come on, like, we're not going to let you go to Greece. Like, mm-hmm. You know, and, and it was just all type of shit. They had me on like a 10 o'clock curfew. I'm like, I can't, I can't come in at 10 o'clock. I be having shit. You know what I'm saying? I got stuff to do. So he filing a motion, like due to Miss um, Donald's job, you know, she have to, you know, be around. And, and at that time I was working for a magazine. I was working mm-hmm. for a fashion magazine. I was an editor. So I'm like, you know, I got to go to certain events. I got to be able to interview people. I got shit to do. I cannot be coming home at 
10 o'clock. Like, I remember I had to lead a BMI Awards with fucking Janet Jackson because my ankle monitor was about to start going on. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and that shit happened to me, bro, at a photo shoot. Mm. I, di I didn't really understand the charging mechanism of it. And I wasn't fully charged. And I remember I was at a photo shoot. It was with Trina. And that shit just started beeping. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking around like, what the fuck mm -hmm. is that? <laughs> and then I'm like, fuck, it's my ankle monitor. So I got to make up a lie like, oh, my God, I have to get home. My alarm just went off and the people just called me and I didn't hear the phones or not. Like I had to make up a whole story. But So it beeps at the time that you're supposed to be in the house? No, it beat. Yeah, yeah, mine did. Uh -huh. Like my curfew time, mm -hmm. it it started beeping. It beeps like in increments. Like it's gonna beep thirty minutes before uh -huh. you're supposed to be there, and it's gonna beep fifteen minutes mm -hmm. before. And then if you're not there when you're supposed to be there, that shit just gonna go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So I'm running around like fucking Cinderella, mm -hmm. like trying to get home, and I just was like, Nah, bro, this ain't it. So he um he actually you know, filled out a motion and they, they changed it to 12 o'clock midnight. And then if I had special things like that I wanted to go to, they would extend it to two o'clock. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to go to the mayor's ball that, that year. And um, so they let me go to that. They let me stay out. I mean, they were pretty lenient, you mm -hmm. know? And then I guess the judge had got so tired of me filing motions. He was like, look, just let her PO decide if she should be doing this stuff like I don't want to see her every time mm. you know and then I got to drive all the way to Alabama mm. anytime I file a motion because I got to go before the judge and the shit was just a mess how long were you on pre-trial I was on pre-trial for 16 months I was on pre-trial for 17 months 16 months no ankle monitor though okay so they took my ankle monitor off after nine months Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't have it on the whole whole pre-trial. That's why I thought I wasn't going to prison. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, well, shit. Mm. And they going to say, you know, they let they going to let me be great. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm thinking in my head, like, okay. You know, they took it off. And now I don't have no curfew. Now I could kind of move around and wiggle mm -hmm. around a little bit. And nah, that, that was not a precursor to what was to come. <laughs> So I guess um, you go to your sentencing date. Mm -hmm. And so like, did your lawyer tell you what were you facing? Yes, my lawyer told me what my range was. So mm -hmm. my range was 24 to 30 months. That's mm -hmm. where I fell into. I think after I did like my PSI and they scored me out and everything, I, got, I ended up around like a 17 or 18, mm -hmm. right? And so that was the range. But the shit just had got so crazy at my sentencing because it was so many of us. So I think the first day they were doing like all the girls. So probably I got sentenced in November, like- um, How many girls was on the case? Like seven, mm. seven girls. So I got sentenced like the week before Thanksgiving. So probably about a month before that, my PO calls me. Like, hey, Saki, I need you to come down and give me a UA. And he didn't do that often. So it's like, okay, whatever. So you UA, you know, I had to you smoke do a urine analysis. No, okay. I don't smoke. So I go down there, I do the urine analysis. It's taking a long time for him to tell me, like, all right, you good, Ms. Donaldson. So I'm like, what the fuck? So he called me to his back, back of his office. 
So he like, what's up with you? I'm like, shit, what's up with you? Like, I'm good. So he like, well, what you been doing? I'm like, I ain't been doing nothing. And he was like, so why um, your urine came back for positive for cocaine? <laughs> so now I'm mad. Like, I'm, I just start blacking out because uh, now I feel like y'all really trying me. Yeah. Like, now, now, now you just trying me. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. I don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. I very seldomly drink. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a drinker. I drink socially, but I'm not, I don't drink. So you can't put cocaine on me. Like, I ain't going to even let you put that on my name. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's like, I say the shit wrong. And so he's like, I really don't see you being, I'm like, bro, I don't do no cocaine. Cause he a black guy. I'm yeah. like, bro, I don't do no cocaine. So he's like, uh, what a test, you know, <laughs> the test is the test. And I'm like, man, fuck that test. Like, so I'm pissed. Like I'm mad now because now I feel, he's like, Ms. Donaldson, why are you so upset? I'm like, because you trying me. Like I've been on pretrial for 16, 18 months. Like if I was doing coke, Y'all would have figured it out by now. Like, why would I wait till one month before I get sentenced mm-hmm. to start using drugs? Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy. So he's like, okay, I'm not going to violate you because I don't think that you did it. But I have to put you on Codafone, right? You know what that is? Yeah. Okay, so the nigga put yeah. me on Codafone. So now I'm tight because I was move. I, I don't have no ankle monitor on. So I'm moving around, like I'm going out of town, I'm doing what I'm doing. But now that I gotta be on this code of phone, I can't even move like that because I gotta call the number and then if my number come up, I gotta go tomorrow, yeah, and, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I can't even dip out of town, like mm-hmm. so I'm just tight, like oh my God. So I remember I leave out the probation office, I'm pissed. So I call my best friend, she's a nurse. So I tell her what happened. So she's like, what have you been taking like to change what have you been taking that you weren't taking before? So all during like my pre-trial and stuff, like I'm working out crazy. I got a trainer. I'm taking all these supplements. I'm doing all this shit. So my friend had gave me some like dieters tea. That's what it was called. Ballerina tea. Mm-hmm. So he give me the ballerina tea because I'm trying to drop a couple pounds for my birthday. So he give me the ballerina tea. So as soon as I tell her that, I say, I've been taking this ballerina tea because that's the only thing that I was taking differently that mm-hmm. I hadn't been taking before. She said, that shit got cocaine in it. That's crazy. This is what my friend told me. That's a nurse. <laughs> that's so I'm crazy. like, what? She like, bitch, it got cocaine in it. So she started sending me all these different articles mm-hmm. and all this old other shit. I'm like, what? So now I got a homeboy who has a lab on Northside Drive, right? So he has a lab on Northside, and he had came home from the feds because I had met him when he first came home from the feds. So they test like urine, saliva, and blood. Mm-hmm. So when she told me that, he was the first person I thought to call. So I call him and I tell him what happened, and I'm like, "Hey, if I bring this tea bag to you, can you test it for me to see mm-hmm. what the makeup is?" He was like, "I don't know, Sakia, because we only test fluids. That's what he told me." So now I call my PO. So I tell him what happened. He laughing, like dying, laughing on the phone. I'm like, bro, I'm not playing with you. Like, I'm dead ass serious. Like, this is what it is. He like, so Miss Donaldson, you telling me that you drunk some tea? I'm like, yes, nigga. That's what I'm telling you. So he like, all right. I'm like, I'm going to bring you the tea bag and I want you to test it. He like, all right. I say, take it to that same weak ass lab who mm-hmm. said I had cocaine in my system. Mm-hmm. Send it to them. So I take the tea bag down there. Now... All leading up, because it's about a three-week window from the time where I got the positive UA to the time for me to go get sentenced. 
So I go in the day of my sentencing. I still don't have the results yet back from the lab. So, you know, when you go to court, you can't take your phones mm. in the courtroom. So my phone is in a car. So we getting ready to get sentenced. I think I'm like the third person to get sentenced. So the AUSA is like, oh, we have an <laughs> amendment to the PSI. What? Man. You know these two points that we gave Ms. Donaldson for accepting responsibility? We're going to take those back because on October the 16th, she tested positive. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what? So those two points, if they would have took them back, now my score is a 20. Now my range is 36 to 42 months. So now this is a whole year yeah. that we're talking about. I'm like, fuck no. So my um, we were fortunate because the judge that actually came in to sentence us was not from that district. He was mm -hmm. from Orlando. Because I'm like, if it would have been one of them country mm -hmm. judges from Alabama, they're going to take you up through them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Him, he's a little more liberal. He comes from a larger metropolitan city. Yeah. So I had already told my lawyer, you know, what was going on. So my lawyer is saying, like, you know, Ms. Donaldson was taking his dietary supplement. Da, da, da. So the judge is like, I heard that. Mm. I ain't think they could still do that. He was like, I've heard of instances like this. Yeah. So he was like, Ms. Donaldson, you know, you got to show me something a little more concrete, you know, or I got to go with, you yeah. know, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, you got to show me something a little more concrete. So he's like, I tell you what. It's almost lunchtime. Your lawyer has something else he needs to do. We're going to reconvene at four o'clock. Bring me back something that I can hold on to. So by this time, I leave. I get out to my car. I got a text message from my PO. He tell me, tells me that the results are back. Dang. Right? Go bro, this one. God, bro. <laughs> so he's telling me that the bag contained a very little amount of, they don't even call it coke because they don't want to call it that. Mm. They call it a derivative of. And it's not enough to get you high, but it's enough to give you a false positive. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I've already sent it to the courts. I've already sent it to your lawyer. I just want to give you a heads up. But everybody's in court. So nobody is checking their phones or checking emails or anything like that. So by the time I got back um, at four o'clock to get my sentence, they had straightened all that out. Like that wasn't nothing but God. Because mm -hmm. had he sentenced me, you know what I mean? Who knows what would happened? If he could have took it back or what? I don't know. But thank God that didn't have to happen. So um, I go to court. I get through all that. And um, we got the sentencing. And, um, you know, he let they let you talk. They say if you want to make a speech or something. So I just tell them, like, hey, you know. I did what I did, but, you know, I'm not going to let you guys paint me as something that I'm not because I've worked too hard, you know, to provide a certain life for me. And you're not going to discredit it because, mm -hmm. you know, of something that I did, because like I said, the AUSA was trying to make it seem like I was like Griselda Blanco or something. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to let you do that to me. So he was, you know, I guess as lenient as he could have been under the circumstances because you know they always say you know we're bound by congress mm. and you know that's their favorite thing to say and um like i said my range was from 24 to 30 months they gave me 26 um and that was that they gave me maybe eight weeks 
to turn myself in, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of get my fares in order. Or the holidays was coming up, so they let me get through the holidays, and I had to turn myself in um, January third, mm. twenty nineteen. And so, like, how did you prepare to go to prison? I think the most difficult thing was like I remember when I had to go get a storage unit Mm. and I had just moved into a new townhouse I'm talking like I'm moving around like I ain't about to go nowhere like (laughs) (laughs) like my friends like you think you you should wait to act man fuck that I'm moving Mm. you know what I'm saying because they was doing all type of shit I, I was living in this um apartment building in Buckhead and they was just doing the most like Robbing motherfuckers, breaking in the car. I'm like, man, I'm out of here. Like, yeah. you know, so I just moved and I moved into a new place and I just was like, fuck. I wasn't even there for like two months. I probably was there yeah. for like two months and I had to, to leave the place and it was just really like packing up my stuff and, you know, having to tell my family that was really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, having to tell my family that because they knew that I had got arrested. But I think so much time had went by and my life really didn't change that much. I think they kind of forgot about it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I was still moving around. I was still working. I was still traveling. I was still being Sakia. Even when I had my ankle monitor on, I was traveling. I was going to L.A. I was going to anywhere I had to go to work. I went. So I think because it wasn't something that was constantly on their mind every single day, mm-hmm. I think they kind of forgot about it. So... Um, I ain't forgetting. <laughs> That's one thing they ain't doing is forgetting. So then um, I remember my little sister had graduated from college in like December. So we were all going to be in Florida um, as a family. So I'm like, damn, I don't want to tell them. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, dampen her mood. But I'm like, I got to tell them, you know, mm-hmm. the shit is here. So um, I told them what was going on. And it just was like, wow. And then, you know, I had to get my affairs in order, like give my dad power of attorney, like over my affairs and all that and just set all my stuff up. Cause I, I kinda, you know, kept my life going, you know, like I kept my life insurance policy up. I kept my cell phone cause I didn't want to lose my number. And mm-hmm. you know? uh, so I, it was just certain things that I just made sure, you know, I made sure certain people had access to my banking accounts in case I needed money and things mm-hmm. like that, you know. They could send me money, make sure my credit cards and stuff were paid off. You know, just getting my life in order because I knew that it was a short period of time, but anything could happen and anything Mm -hmm. did happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Things that I never would have thought happened, happened while I was away. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to um, get my business affairs in order to the best that I could. So when I did come home, it wasn't like I was starting from... Yeah. From scratch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was real. That was real important. So what did you have to do your time at? In West Virginia. At Alderson, West Virginia. Alderson, West Virginia. It was a camp. A camp. Mm-hmm. Easy time. Easy time. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to say that because I don't want to glamorize it. Right, right. But it was easy. Yeah. Like, it ain't no pressure. Some, ain't nobody out there trying to. Some have it harder than others. Yes. You know, yes. penitentiary, yes. medium. USP, five-minute moves. Yeah. I don't know nothing about that life. <laughs> I don't know nothing. <laughs> you know, like, I flew, like, when I had to turn myself in. And it was so crazy because I was legit. <laughs> Damn, I ain't about nothing. 
I was legit trying to get an extension mm. because that year was the Super Bowl was in Atlanta oh, in man. 2019. I missed it. I missed it. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I had like, like job opportunities, you know what I mean? And I just was like, man. So I remember I had um, had my, my lawyer put in for an extension and he put it in right before the holidays. I had to turn myself in on the 3rd, on January 3rd. So by the time, you know, the courts closed during the holidays mm-hmm. and all that. So by the time I get word, I think I got, I think he told me on the 2nd. I think I got an email on the 2nd that they were going to extend it, but for 14 days. I would have needed them to extend it like 30 days. Yeah. Like I'll go in right after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like that Monday, I'll leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? But let me get my <laughs> yeah. money. You know, let me get my money. And by the time I got word of the extension, I had already broke my life apart. You know what I mean? Because I got to mm-hmm. go the next day. Mm-hmm. You know? So I just was like, let me just go ahead and go and get this shit over with. So I actually flew to West Virginia. Yeah, I flew into West Virginia. I flew to West Virginia. And I had to turn myself in by 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I had to turn myself in by 2 o'clock. And I got in really early, like 10. So I'm like, oh, you know, I can just hang out at the airport. I can eat. I can do this. I had my phones with me because they told me, like, I can bring stuff. And then once I got there, I could ship it back mm-hmm. home. So I knew I was going to have to call an Uber. So I needed a phone. So I'm just, this was just my ignorance or me being spoiled or maybe a combination of both. But I'm thinking every airport is, if it's not like Atlanta, it's at least a decent airport where I can get a decent meal. No, this airport went. (laughs) (laughs) That motherfucker had a vending machine. Like, so I'm sitting there like, well, what I'm going to eat? Like I got six hours before and I'm damn sure not going to go in early. Like we, yeah. we definitely not doing that. I'm talking about, I'm pulling up at 159. Like, That's what I would have yeah, like, like, <laughs> Y'all not about to get a minute extra from me. Yeah. So I kind of just hung around the airport. I had my phone. So I was talking to people, you know, emailing my last little emails and stuff like that. Then I remember I called the Uber. I had the Uber take me to like Subway. It was like a Subway right before you go down the long road to get to the prison. And it's so crazy because when I walked in the Subway, it was so obvious that I was on my way to the prison. Cause it's like, what black people, ain't no black people got no business around here. Mm. You know what I mean? And I remember it was January, it was super cold. And I remember I had on like a parka with like a fur hood and I had mm. like some big sunglasses <laughs> on and like Ugg boots and mm. they were like, well, who is this bitch? And where's this bitch going? Like, mm. you know, so it was just all that. And then I remember getting to the, to the camp and my Uber driver, he was like a, maybe like a pastor that came to the prison to talk to mm. the, so he was kind of, you know, giving me a heads up on like, oh, it's a wonderful place. And I'm wonderful just like, place. wonderful <laughs> place, my ass. Like, and I just, he dropped me off and I went to the phone and called the people and told them I was there and they came out and got me and I went through R&D, you know, the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I remember they told me um, that I could bring some cash with me. So that night before I had went out with a whole bunch of my homeboys, we had went to the strip club. So they had gave me a whole bunch, like I probably had like, <laughs> like $3,000 worth of like ones and fives. And, and so the lady pissed because she got to count the money yeah. and give me a receipt. So she's like, why do you have all these ones? And I'm like, I went to the strip club last night. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just what it is. And then they, she, they got me in there. 
I signed all my shit. They sent me up the hill. Mm-hmm. And I was free. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have like some type of um, like agenda, like knowing that you got to do two years plus? Yeah. Like what was your mindset going into prison? Like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to. My mindset was, I was just like, okay, let's look at the bright side because I'm mm-hmm. an optimist. I'm always going to try to find Gotta the, be. the silver lining. And I actually turned 40 while I was there. Mm-hmm. I spent one birthday there and it was my 40th birthday. And I remember I had all these plans. I'm going to go to Ibiza. I'm going to do like, I'm going to turn up for my birthday. Mm-hmm. That was, I was saying that at 35, you know? So my plan, my mindset was like, okay, Sakia, not too many people in their life can have a period of time where you are only responsible for yourself Mm -hmm. and you can spend that time and be selfish. Mm -hmm. Of course, prison ain't the way that you want it to be, but Mm -hmm. if that's what it gotta be, that's just what it gotta be. So my goal was to kind of reevaluate the decisions and the choices and the associations that led me here. Mm -hmm. And how could I circumvent that and make sure that that doesn't happen again? Um, I was really into working out because that helped me get through Mm pretrial, you know, like working out and training because I really felt like I was fighting for my freedom Mm -hmm. because I really was. And it was like, I'm not going to be indicted and fat. Like, that ain't going to work. I ain't going to be indicted and broke. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And so um, I started teaching myself French while I was there. Because I planned, I'm like, hey, if I'm going to get back out and I'm going to get back into my fashion stuff, you know, I'm, I plan on spending a lot of time in Europe. I've been to Europe a few times. It's not really that cool when you can't communicate and move yeah. around and things like that. So these are just skills that I wanted to have, you mm-hmm. know, in my arsenal. So I started teaching myself French. Um, I started working out. I was teaching a workout class there. Like I still have people that hit me up like, you don't even know, you know, how you inspired me, how you, you know, all of this stuff. Um, I wrote uh, my second book while I was in there. And that kind of happened by like happenstance, you know, Mm -hmm. just given the situation. Um, And I just really, wanted to take the time to set up the second half of my life, you Mm -hmm. know, and um, just have a clear understanding of what what my goals were Mm -hmm. and and just have actionable steps, not Mm -hmm. just saying I want to do A, B and C, but how are you going to to do that? Mm -hmm. So that was that was really my goal. Did you guys have cell phones? No. And see, that was another misconception because everybody tell like all of my homeboys, because I don't really know no chicks that been in prison, but all my homeboys is like, oh, you'll be straight. You got money. You're going to get a phone. You're going to have guards bringing you food. So as soon as I get there, you know, I'm, I'm peeping the scene. So I scout out the, you know, it's always somebody who think they run the yard mm-hmm. and, you know, you got to check in with them mm-hmm. type shit. So I found her like, I'm going to listen. You want to be a big dog in prison? Be a big go dog ahead. in prison. Go ahead. I'm just, I'm just stopping through. I'm just, you know how on the Monopoly board you just go like this yeah. around the prison? That's all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be the big dog in prison, that's fine. Big dog your life away. Mm-hmm. How can I get a cell phone, sis? And so mm-hmm. she's like, a cell phone? Like, girl, this ain't... Female women's prison is way yes. different from men's prison. Mm-hmm. We ain't getting none of that. We ain't getting no food brought in. We ain't getting no cell phones. We ain't getting nothing. 
The most that we could get is nail polish. Like we might get some contraband nail polish. So y'all didn't have a fence around? No. Y'all didn't leave? No. Where the fuck you gonna go? We so we in the middle of the mountains. That's like good, we're yeah. surrounded by mountains. Mm. We're surrounded by a body of water. Yeah. And hell no, nah, we ain't leave, <laughs> bruh. This ain't that type of party. I mean, what you could have did was have people pull up. You know what I'm no, saying? ain't no pull up. You don't got no business being in that town. <laughs> right. If they see you in that town and you black, it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. It's a problem. They're not even gone. Mm. It's a problem. But I heard girls that were at other camps. Saying that they left and, you know. Yeah. With me, it just wasn't that serious. You know what I'm saying? I ain't having a whole bunch of time. Mm-hmm. And I even got in trouble when I was there. And I had to get, go off the compound. They took me off the compound. And that shit was crazy because... You got in trouble? I ain't do shit. Like, I got in an argument with my bunkie. Uh-huh. And she went down there and told the people whatever fuck she told them. And they sent me off the compound. Like, by us having a camp, we didn't have a shoe. Mm-hmm. So our shoe was the uh. county. <laughs> so them niggas took me to Roanoke, Virginia, by the way. Bro, that's, that's when I was like, nah, this ain't it. And I stayed over there for 70 days. In, the sh- in their shoe? In like their, county well, jail. I was in their population. You was in population? Yes. But I was locked down. You in a pod. You know, one? No, nah, not 23-1. Oh, okay. But you in a pod, you can't leave the pod. Your room is a cell. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like exactly type shit. Like, I ain't never been locked up. Like Lovejoy. Like Lovejoy, yeah. yeah. I ain't never been locked up. Mm-hmm. So to go from having the Damn near freedom. freedom. <laughs> yeah. Damn near freedom. You yeah. just can't go home. Everything that you they doing outside, they doing at the camp. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So to go from that to like jail. That shit, that shit was different. And I was like, <laughs> these crackers crazy. Like, <laughs> that's what I was just saying in my head. Like, these people are crazy. And then I'm, again, I'm being an optimist. I'm trying to look at the bigger picture. So once they sent me to Roanoke and my family is calling because I don't call them like, yo, these people don't move me for some shit. I got into it with my bunkie. I'm thinking like this prison, you can't argue with a bitch. Right, like, right, right. I ain't beat her ass or nothing. I just, you know, like, because she was like a lady. She been there for hella long. She don't have no family. So I was like helping her out. And then, see, I didn't know that. I didn't know you couldn't really help motherfuckers out because now they feel like entitled. You know uh, what I'm saying? And uh, I'm just like, hold on, bitch. Like, I'm doing you a favor. You're not going to step down on me yeah. about my shit. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And she just caught me one morning. And I just blacked out on her. So they gave you a shot. They, I didn't even get a shot. This the crazy thing, bro. I didn't get a shot. I didn't get no, I didn't lose no day. Nothing. Nothing. They literally called me on the red phone. Did y'all have a red phone? Uh-uh. That's your shit? Okay, so we had this thing in the front of the unit called a horseshoe. Was basically the guard station where the, if the guard is in there, that's where they're gonna sit at, and it's mm-hmm. a phone right there. So anytime anything go off, anytime they're looking for somebody, whatever, they call them on the red phone. So they called me on the red phone, told me I needed to go see the warden, go to the assistant warden. So when I go down to the assistant warden, they asking me like, did I threaten? That's what the lady said. I threatened mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, threaten? I'm like, man. No, I didn't threaten her. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm being nonchalant because I know I ain't did shit. Mm-hmm. And that's thing I know they telling me to dress out and then I'm like, what? Then I just blacked out. Mm-hmm. Like, man, fuck you, fuck you. 
fuck all y'all. Like, y'all about to send me out anyway. You know what I mean? So it was, it was just a mess. And so I'm thinking, like my family is calling. So they're like, okay, where well they said that somebody should come over there and see you. And then within 60 days, they'll come back and get you and then transfer you to another prison. So in my mind, I'm like, well, shit, they might send me to Coleman, mm-hmm. which is like, which is in Florida. Mm-hmm. And that's like 40 miles from Tampa. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't really get no visits in West Virginia. Like, yeah. who the fuck coming to West Virginia? You know what I'm saying? Now, when I was in Roanoke, my brother came and saw me because he drives trucks. Mm. And it's e- it was easy for him to pull up and, and just see me. That fed shit, they they was on some other shit. So I'm, I'm thinking that. Like, okay, if I got to stay here for 60 days, but the end thing is they moved me to Coleman and I can see my family, people mm. can come see me, I could live with that. Man, them crackers came and got me and took me right back to West Virginia. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm like, man, this the over for the under. Like, y'all really owe some nut shit. And so it was just like, it was, it was just weird. And then from there, I just, I finished my sentence. And then COVID hit. Did it go by fast? Your sentence? It did. Mm. It did. It, it really did. Like, now that I think about it, because it was, we was chilling. Like, you really, mm. you know, you got up, you went to work, you went to, you know, you watched, you know, Undisputed, you know, you mm. did what you did. I worked out. I worked out twice a day. I play cards. I read. Mm. I, you know, and it ain't hard. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, I don't like to say that because I don't want to glamorize it because mm. at the end of the day, it's prison. Right. You know, so. But freedom is taken. Freedom is yeah. taken. Yeah. You got these people on your neck and it's just like, mm. fuck. So. So did you go through halfway house? I did. I was at the halfway house for like, I ain't gonna say I went through there. I was there for like a week. Mm. I was there for like a That's week. That's how much halfway house time they gave you? or they? No. Just- see, this another thing. <clears throat> They don't get a female shit. Mm. I, they kept me until my home confinement day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ain't no. <laughs> Damn. They to the door with it. Like, mm-hmm. and so I'm telling them, like, see, okay. And I guess in theory it makes sense, but fuck that. So if you think about a halfway house, right? Which halfway house you was at? Atlanta. The one on Fulton and Dutch? Okay. So, in that halfway house, let's say it's 100 beds, right? Yeah. 80 of them going to be allotted for men. Yeah. (laughs) 20 of them only going to be for women. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. the 20 women that get those beds really, really got to need those beds. You see what I'm saying? So, because I wasn't a person that was in need, it was like we can't give we can't give you any halfway house time because the halfway house isn't gonna have like room for you. Yeah. So I mean, I guess, but y'all figure that out. You know what I mean? Like why I gotta suffer? Yeah. Cause y'all ain't got y'all shit together. Mm. Because these niggas is getting six months halfway house time on an eighteen month sentence. I got eleven month, eleven and a half months. Halfway house time? Yeah. Was you an RDAP? I got kicked out of RDAP. So you ain't even get the year from RDAP. They just gave it to you. See, they wouldn't have never. It's bitches in there did 10 years and got six months halfway house time. Mm. 
If you was a man and you did 10 years, they're going to give you like 12 a year. Uh, yeah, they, they do the women. They do the women bad. So they kept me until my home confinement date. So they told me that all I would have had to do was check into the halfway house, mm. get my ankle monitor going, and then I would go home. And then I was on home confinement for two months. Man, them people kept me at that halfway house for a whole month. And I ain't even going to say how I got out. Man, fuck that. I am going to say how I got out. I had to buy the nigga a pair of J's. Ooh. Like the dude that run, that be pushing the paperwork through at the halfway house. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. <laughs> what? No cap. My cousin... My cousin was my cousin got had got out probably like two weeks before I got there. Uh-huh. So when they told me I was gonna have to stay, I'm on the phone calling him like, bro, because one of my friends came and got me from prison. Well, he didn't come and get me. He they dropped me off at the airport because I had to fly from West Virginia. He was at the airport when they dropped me off mm. in West Virginia. So he, he had my purse. So he had my cell phone and all that stuff. So I had a cell phone as soon as I, as soon as they dropped me off and pulled off and I seen him in there, I had my phone. Mm. So when I, I had my phone, when I got to the halfway house and you know, you ain't supposed to have no phone. They want to search it, yeah. register and all that stuff. So I was hiding the phone. So I called my cousin like, cuz, bro, they trying to keep me in here. I'm, I'm past my home confinement. They, they were supposed to just do the, he was like, look. You know the nigga, holla at him. And I'm like, for what? He was like, he wear size 10. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> was like, so the dude was like on vacation, but he came back like that Monday. And I pushed up on him like, hey, my cousin, so-and-so told me to holla at you. And he was like, what's up? I'm like, hey, what's up? What, <laughs> what we doing? And so he told me I was that. I was gone. <laughs> I ain't know that one. <laughs> oh no, he he was fresh too, cause I'm peeping him. Yeah. Cause I was there for like three days. It took him like three days to get me up out of there. Mm. So I'm peeping like this nigga getting a lot of niggas up out of here, cause he fresh every day, like yeah. feet fresh. Mm. So that was. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. I'm maybe. <laughs> cause I left the halfway house in 2020. Okay. September 2020. December 2020? September. September. Okay, yeah. I came in in August. Of 2020? Yeah. I went in the halfway house here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, that's... No, I went okay. halfway house, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looking like, I ain't see you in the... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nah, it wasn't there. But it was quick. And then they, um, they put the monitor on me, sent me home. And I was on home confinement from like September... Cause I got out on August 18th and then I left the halfway house probably like August 25th. And then from there to November 3rd, I was on home confinement mm-hmm. and that was it. You still on probation? Mm-mm. How much probation time they gave you? They gave me two years, but yeah. I got off, um, in a year, a year after I did a year and see, that's another thing. That fraud shit, they dirty for that. Because they want to lock you up and make you pay restitution. Tell, See, drug me, tell cases, me about it. <laughs> drug cases, you just going to get time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that, And then it's like they don't want to let you off if you still got restitution. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like, these mm-hmm. people crazy. But yeah, so after a year, I had to petition. I had to get my lawyer to, to do a petition. And it was so crazy because he, I actually got the email 
on January 3rd, 2022, mm-hmm. that they they had let me off early. So that was exactly three years to the day that I had turned myself in. Because mm-hmm. I turned myself in on January 3rd, 2019. And mm-hmm. I got off probation January 3rd, 2022. Mm-hmm. So I'm done. And then, so after that, now I'm ready to go get my passport. Because I'm like, I got hella trips to take. Like, these Man. people sat me down for five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. And I was used to taking, like, three to four international trips a year. Mm. So, like I said, I was getting ready to go to Greece when they when they got me. So, I go to get my passport. They got hella. I can't get no, no appointment. Shit crazy. So, I finally get an appointment. I go. Because oh, it's COVID. It's right? COVID. Yeah. That's yeah. Allegedly. So I go, I finally get an appointment, I go, and they're like, I'm on some homeland security list. I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck is, what are y'all talking about? So I got to get my lawyer to look into that. Mm -hmm. So I was on some lists. So he got me cleared off the list. And then I just had another, I was able to get another appointment for May, in May. And I went, so I'm just waiting now to get my passport. You still ain't got the passport. I still ain't got it. Damn. It should be here any day now, though, because mm-hmm. I paid for, like, expedited. Mm-hmm. So it should be here. And then for my birthday last year, I went to St. Thomas because that was really the only place I can go yeah, without yeah. no passport. And when I came back, they hit me up. They had me in the... But my homeboy had already told me, like, they're going to pull you in that room because he Damn. had hit it. He had went. Yeah. And so the guy that I was with, I had already told him that you know he knew what my situation was and he's uh he's a famous guy you mm-hmm. know what i mean so <laughs> when the people pulled me out the line you know he looking like well what the fuck and i'm just like just, <laughs> just relax <I> just <laughs> yeah they mm-hmm. had me in the room like are you on federal probation i'm like yes and like is your probation i'm like yes you know and they called. They called and checked. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you a story after when we get off. <laughs> Man. Damn, it's crazy. Mm. So life after prison. Life you, after prison. What are you doing now? So life after prison has been great, mm-hmm. I can say. And um, when I first got home, I was working for this nonprofit called the FRRC, mm-hmm. Florida Rights and Restoration Coalition. And their their mission is to help returning citizens get their rights to vote mm. back. So that was a good experience. Um, I've, I've advocated for them at, on Advocacy Day in the Capitol in Tallahassee. I went up there to talk to lawmakers about, you know, just the importance of us being able to live a productive life after we've served our time, you know? So um, I was able to do that. Um, I started my own business. Well, just continue, you know, what it was that I was doing. Um, I have a nonprofit that I'm working with now. Um, It's called STEM Exposure. Mm-hmm. And um, this summer, well, actually in August, I'll be hosting my first summer STEM camp. Um, it's called A Science of Beauty, where I'm exposing girls to STEM careers in the beauty industry, mm-hmm. which are very underrepresented. Um, 
I do a lot of like um, chair. I'm not gonna say charity work, but I speak to a lot of young girls and just to let them know that you can make mistakes, mm-hmm. you can fuck up a lot of times. You know, you just kind of have to be right one time. Mm-hmm. And I heard that from Mark Cuban. That's something that mm-hmm. I heard him say. He said, you only got to be right one time, mm-hmm. you know, for your whole life to change. So my goal and my mission is just to, because people have a their own idea of what a convicted felon should look like or is. And if you look at me on paper, I don't fit that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't fit that mold, but I am, you know, I am what I am. So that was something really important for me. Um, I just recently started working with this magazine called Street Elements Magazine. Mm-hmm. And their demographics are people that are incarcerated. So that was something that was, you know, very important to me, just because people that are behind the wall they're forgotten about a lot. Mm -hmm. I was just very fortunate to have a very, very strong support system. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't lose anybody on my way. When I say lose anybody, you know how people just fall off? Yeah, yeah. I was just very fortunate that the people that started with me Mm -hmm. through the journey ended with me and they were very, very supportive. And a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have the resources when they get out. I was just one of the lucky ones. So... The magazine, um, that's an outlet for me to kind of share my thoughts and experiences like on the prison system, on the reform that they claim that they're doing. And also just to kind of highlight people that have done whatever they did, did their time, and now they're coming home doing something amazing with their life. Mm-hmm. You know, like like what you what you're doing, what I'm doing, what so many people are doing. They want us to walk around and be ashamed and feel mm-hmm. bad. And it's like, fuck that. It mm-hmm. is what it is. I did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just something that I did. It's not who I am. Right. You know, and so that's something that I'm really, really um excited about. And I'm just, you know, just executing my plans and things are just falling into place and I'm just blessed. Yeah. You know, do you have any regrets? I'm sorry. Do you have any regrets? I can't say that I do because Mm -hmm. if I did, if I say I regret something, then I'm, then that means I'm not, I'm not accepting of everything that happened after that Mm -hmm. you know and it's like i don't want to be one of those people that think that i could have changed the trajectory of my life because who knows what path i could have been leading down i just feel like this was god's way of just saying hey you're going the wrong way you're associating yourself with people that you shouldn't be associating yourself with and if I don't move you off of this path, mm-hmm. something could seriously, you know, happen mm-hmm. happen to you. And like you had asked me earlier about when they came and got me, did they kick my door in? And when I think about that, I think about, man, like if I would have been in that house, my niece wasn't there. And my guy that I was dating at the time would have been there. I could have easily been Breonna Taylor. Yeah. Easily, 
Because mm. if they would have came in that house the way that they would have came, if mm. I wasn't up, he got what he got on him. Mm-hmm. They got what they got on him, and somebody would have left out of that house with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I always look at, I always just look at, like I said, I'm an optimist. I just, you know, try to find the best in every situation. So to answer your question, I, I really, you know, of course, I, I wish my niece wouldn't have saw that, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like her superhero. So I know that kind of affected her. Mm-hmm. And um, even my family, you know, I've accomplished so many great things in my life and mm-hmm. for you know, this to be on on my name is kind of like, damn, you mm-hmm. know. But other than that, I'm alive, yeah. you know, and I have the opportunity to encourage and empower and inspire somebody else. And you know, it it was a speed bump. It wasn't a it wasn't a dead end, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm cool. Do you think being a felon will stop you from? Nah. Being anything in life. Nah. Mm-hmm. It can't. Because if it could, it would have. Right. You know what I mean? And I tell people all the time, when you see your name versus the United States of America, yeah, that shit hit. <laughs> <laughs> Man. The whole United States. Like, I got to fight all y'all. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's, and it's like, I just really... I just wasn't gonna let them win. Mm-hmm. It was like I'ma do the time that I'm supposed to do, but y'all not gonna take yeah. over my life. Right. My life does not end, you know, with y'all. So no, I I don't. I think that it give really, I think it gives us an edge. Yeah. You know, because a lot of motherfuckers can't go through what we went through. Yeah. Like yeah. they are foes. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's kind of like it 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 brought something out of me. You don't know how strong you have to be until you have to be that. Yeah. You know, so now I know, like, shit, if I could get through that. Get through anything. I can get through anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, you know, going through that, it made me a way stronger person. You know, like, you can't regret things because you just never know where you where might you have ended been. up. Exactly. I could have been dead, you know. I could have been you know, did some other shit and got and more got time. A, got twenty years. Yeah, you, you know? know, so it's nothing. I took it on the on the shoulder and ran with it. And, and you birthed this. Yeah, you know what I mean. This like, would never happen. This would have never happened because the thing about it is, you wouldn't have slowed down long enough to put this right. play in motion. Right. And that's how I feel. Like, like I said before, when have you ever had this much time as an adult to really focus on yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Of course, you don't want to do it behind nobody prison. Yeah. But if that's what it got to be, mm-hmm. that's just what it got to be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now, if I look back in the grand scheme of my life, if I could say, because I was 40, I was 40 when I got out. So if I live to be 85 and I could say the because I've had an amazing life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've accomplished things that I never thought I would accomplish. I've traveled around the world. I've worked with people that I used to hang on my wall when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if I could have used those 20 months to set up the next 40 years of my life, yeah. that's a trade I'm going to make every day. Facts. I'm going to make that trade every day. Facts. So. What's the most important lesson did you learn going through all this bet on myself Mm. just just bet on myself and just know that 
you you can do it. Mm-hmm. Like you can do anything that you you put your mind to, and when all else fails, bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so you got these books right here. You want to oh. introduce them? Okay. So yeah, I have a couple things here. So um, this is my book, Fly Girl Approved. I actually wrote this while I was on pretrial. So, um, and it was just something that I had always wanted to do that I never sat still long enough mm-hmm. to do. Because in the fashion industry, I thought like when you start wanting to be considered like the Black Anna Winter or mm-hmm. <laughs> like an expert at something, you always got to have a yeah. <laughs> published work, you yeah. know. So um, it's called Fly Girl Approved. It's the A to Z guide of everything like that fly girls should own. So like what I did is like I took the letters of every, um, the letters in the alphabet and I wrote about a certain topic. Mm-hmm. Like here, like for J, I wrote about jeans. And then I just wrote about like different cuts and styles and washes and stuff for jeans. And then I had this really dope for um, designer Kalichi. He did like all my illustrations um, in the magazine. Like for G, I wrote about the gold 24 karat mask by um, Peter Thomas Roth. I'm really big into my skincare, so mm-hmm. it was just something um, that I used. So it's just a fun read. Like I had, um, I thought about like as a young girl coming into my own, it's just like a little help, self-help guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Fly Girl Approved, Amazon. Nope. <laughs> and then, um, so this is the magazine that I told you that um, I work for, Street Elements. So we actually um, just relaunched. It's been around for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's really big in the prison system. So we just recently um, relaunched it. And the cover guy that we used um, was Bobby Fishscale, mm-hmm. who is an artist out of Florida that just signed with um, Rock Nation. And he's actually a returning citizen. And um, we released this cover about a month ago. And I probably sent about 50 copies into the prison. And Bobby called me like, we got to do a prison tour. Like people was on my line. People was in my inbox about yeah. this magazine. People don't understand how big magazines are in prison. Listen, <laughs> li- this is gold. Yeah. We might not read them out here. Yeah. And then like, so it's really two in one. So it's street elements and then it's fantasy. So you have like, oh man, the bitches. Need it. Well, Got, need it. <laughs> I'll read every article. <laughs> I'm reading every article. <laughs> cutting cutting Twice. pictures out. <laughs> Put your name put on the list. You gonna put it on the list and everything. Yeah. So it, it has everything. Like it has the cars, it has the girls. Man, you know, lifesaver, man, lifesaver. Yeah. So I, I don't work work on the fantasy side. Yeah. I work more on the street element side. So you know, we have um, just helpful things in here. I, um, I think Kevin. This is the guy that um, the the editor, uh-huh. Kevin Campbell, and he did. He did a two fed biz, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a very successful entrepreneur in Tampa. He has a landscaping business that does numbers. Hold on, let's, let's read this real quick. They what? say, how to stay out of prison. Yes. Uh, three tips. Number one. Stay <laughs> away from crash test dummies. Man. One. Number two, keep your same routine. Mm. Three, look at the clock. Okay, so hold on, let's read them. Stay away from crash test dummies. 
Protecting your peace is important. You will have individuals who are around you, whether it's family or so-called friends who do not take into consideration the whole totality of their actions and how they could affect you in a negative way. Mm. Jail. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you recognize this, I advise that you remove yourself immediately. Then keep your same routine. You have to keep the same routine. When you were up the road, you had to wake up at six o'clock in the morning, get ready to go to work, call, direct yard, or education. You had a routine of getting up early, doing something. Once you come home, keep the same routine of getting up early, staying busy, look for jobs, look for opportunities or some some more education. You also can go work out physically. That way you can keep your mind focused on doing something positive to keep the negative thoughts away. And then three, look at the clock. Every time you find yourself in a situation that may put you in a bad predicament, basically back in prison, Mm -hmm. look at what time it is and remind yourself of what you would normally be doing at this time if you were locked up. (laughs) That way you can stay on point and remove yourself accordingly. (laughs) Is these not facts? Facts. Big facts. Especially number one, stay away from crash. Stay away from crash test dummies. The niggas gonna run you off a cliff, my boy. Like off a cliff. So this is just a really dope. um, This is just a really dope publication. And like I said, um, we just recently relaunched it, so we have some really dope things coming um, up with this. We Mm -hmm. actually just brought another gentleman on because me and Kevin did this issue. So we recently just brought another guy on um, by the name of Cavario H. And Cavario is so iconic and legendary in the urban publication genre. He's actually the guy that started Don Diva mm-hmm. magazine. So bringing him on has just been a wealth of knowledge and just dopeness mm-hmm. all the way around. So that's um, something that I'm working on. And then um, this is one of my clients because I do like... Um, fashion consulting and branding and things Mm -hmm. like that. And this is one of my clients. His name is um, Isaac Moore. And he's a bag um, and clothing designer. Mm. And his stuff is sickening. Like, um, he does these custom bags. He's from Houston. And um, he does these custom bags and he does this thing. These things called a box experience. It's like, if you even look at like the imagery like this looks like a hermes or that's crazy catalog you know what i mean like the quality of it like it's just super dope but he's done bags for floyd mayweather magic Mm -hmm. johnson you know he just did one for bank um last week for his birthday and he does these boxes you know what i was just about to say that i was like i don't want to say the wrong name but i seen that yeah he gave that in the presentation was dope as hell the box yes and so each bag comes with a custom and that's so crazy because I set that up and I was in Miami and Delta with they Rudy Pooh ass pilots canceled my flight mm. and I missed the whole thing. I didn't get here till that Tuesday. Mm. But um yeah so each each bag comes with like a custom box and whatever you want on the box or yeah. whatever we deem, you know, if, if it's something that we're gifting to you. So like what he did with Bank. He did like the duct tape and the shit show and the mm-hmm. snow patrol and all his mixtapes and stuff like that. So it's a very like personal thing. It's very um, tailored, you know, to the client. It's an experience, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I'm working with him now just doing like um, 
brand consulting and PR and things like that. Just moving further along, like in my fashion journey, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, just being a wardrobe stylist. So these are just some of the things like that I'm working on. That is dope. Thank you. Great story. Thank you. For real. Um, (laughs) Great story. I think, um, I mean, the reason I started this is because, you know, a lot of people don't understand like the prison system, the laws, and um, just telling people your experiences and other people's experiences like people can, it, it could, it can stop other people from committing the same crimes or going through that same process just by from hearing this story. Like, oh damn, I'm I'm fucking with a nigga that's doing some shit. Let me stay I'm out. A, of- I'm in a whole conspiracy right now. Right, you know what I'm saying? You don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and people don't even know what conspiracies are. That's the easiest shit for somebody to prove because they don't have to prove nothing. Right. They just have to say, and my lawyer explained it like this to me, like Sakia, if you and you say y'all want to go rob a bank and y'all agree to rob a bank, that's conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Nobody has to physically go to the bank. You Mm -hmm. don't even got to go to the bank. Right. If you are on the phone talking about you. A and B going to go rob a bank and y'all say, okay, that's cool. And come up with a plan. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't even have to see the plan all the way through. That's conspiracy. And it's like, like you said, on the fringes, from standing next to a nigga, from being in a picture with a nigga. Yeah. For, you know what I'm saying? You and this nigga wearing the same chain, yeah. or y'all chain got the same initials on yeah. it, and it did. Now y'all a gang. Yeah. Now it's just, so I'm just like, mm mm. And that just showed me, like, these people play for real. Yeah. They play for real. And you know the thing about it, they're going to be so respectful. <laughs> Mrs. Donaldson. Right. They're going to call you Mrs. Donaldson. Mm. Are you okay? Do you need work? Oh, okay. Would you like something? Okay. Mm. They're going to be so respectful and they're going to take your ass up through there. One thing I did while I was in prison, I talked to a lot of people. You know, I, I heard, you know, so many cases and so many stories and there's a lot of shit I didn't know. Like, I was moving so crazy. <laughs> You know, like you was a whole crash test. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I was moving crazy, and it's like now going through that experience, Mm -hmm. I know what to look for. You know, like I know what not to do, who not to be around. Like I'm just more conscious of it because, like, shit, you ain't been through it, you ain't gonna know. know. You don't. You don't know. And then it's like now you in this situation. And they going to box you in. Yeah. Like they don't have a 98 point whatever conviction rate for nothing. Yeah. They going to box you in. Yeah. yeah. You know, either you going to stand on business or yeah. you going to fold. It, those are your only two options. You not beating the feds. You not. They locked Martha Stewart up. (laughs) She was at my camp. You know? Yeah. Mm. They not, they don't care nothing about none of that. Mm -hmm. You your ass is going to prison. Mm -hmm. If that paperwork say you gotta go to prison, you going to prison. Mm -hmm. So and and like you said, people be out here moving all types of reckless ways and don't even understand what their consequences are. Because if you would have told me, me introducing two niggas together. Was gonna put me in a conspiracy yeah. with all the other stuff that I had going on. I you gotta find your own connect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can't do and like I said, I was so far removed from that. I ain't know what the hell was going on. You know, but like you just like I did, one phone call to another person, boom, now you in cause you the glue. Mm-hmm. You know? And and they gonna hang their head on that. And that's and that's how they was taught. And I'm just sitting there like. Hell no, nah. <laughs> like nah, y'all tripping. But you know, but we came out on the other side, and 
Shit, we here. We here. Now we here. We here. You know, and like, and like, how long did you have to do? I did a total of twenty six. I think twenty six or twenty eight months in okay. prison, and then a year, eleven months, months half half house. house. Okay, so you Which did roughly free. about four years. Yeah, okay. almost. Yeah, thirty thirty eight months. Or okay. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you can see that those thirty eight months set you up for all this and the trajectory mm-hmm. and the goals that you see for this. Mm-hmm. Can't be mad. You can't be mad. Can't at all. You can't be mad. And because had you not did them 38 months, what the fuck was you going to be out there doing? Still being a crash test dummy. Yeah. Running it up. Running it up. With, with no type with, of like... no plan, no. no exit strategy, no, no end game, yeah. nothing. I, I, I didn't have none of that. No, none of that. None of that. Nobody has any people that's out in the street doing this type of shit. Nobody's like, okay, I'm gonna do this until I reach this, and then once I reach this, I'm gonna transfer over to, yeah. to transition into. Ain't nobody thinking nah, about that. Nah. Niggas waking up every day and they go is to grunt it up. Yeah, and, and we don't even know what up is. Yeah, like it ain't even. It's not even an end point uh-uh. to it. Like okay, once I get to a meal, I'ma stop. Mm-hmm. It ain't even that. Mm-hmm. It's more like until the feds come get me. Basically, that's what it or is. Until the shit stop. Until to the wheel driver. Until the wheel. <laughs> yeah. We gonna yeah. ride this bitch till the wheels fall off. Yeah. Like that's a nigga motto. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like when you operating like that, it's like, like you say, what what is the what's the purpose? What's mm-hmm. the point? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay, you got all this money, or what you perceive to be all this money, you can't even really do shit with the money for real. Yeah. Cause you a ghost in real life. You ain't filing taxes. You ain't paying taxes. You yeah. ain't doing this. So what what you really doing? You ain't doing nothing but spending the money on bullshit. Bullshit. Bull, bruh. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to preach that though. Like I try to tell people, you know what I'm saying? Like niggas that's in that in that field, shit to watch out for, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I done been through it. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna run through that bread. It's like you might have a chance to run it back up. You might not. Feds might come, feds, feds might, might not. not come. So it's like shit, take that money. All you need is really a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand and that shit will change your life. Yeah. If you play it right. Right. If you do it right. Yeah. You could really change your life. Yep. But you got to have a plan. Yeah. No plan. No plan. Mm. No plan. You just asked out. And that's why I was just like, I go back and I I have my notebooks that I had while I was in there. And even like my book that I told you that I accidentally wrote, that came about when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. When COVID hit. We we had they locked us down in the prison, but because we didn't have like no sales or nothing like that, it ain't really a lockdown. Yeah, you yeah. just can't leave out your queue. Yeah, and it's like, come on now, ain't no door here. Like, fuck <laughs> you mean I can't leave? <laughs> I'm a whole criminal. You think you think I'm gonna let? Uh, yeah. Like, come on. So the morale was like really down. You know, because mm-hmm. we, we didn't really have access to the outside world. We yeah. couldn't use the phones as freely as we were. So what I was doing was every every day I would have a little sticky. They had passed us out little sticky notes. And I would write like a quote mm-hmm. on and I would hang it outside of my door. And it became like I the think. thing. Yeah. Like. If I like, God forbid, I didn't wake up early mm. and the quote, the new quote wasn't out there. People was like, Sakia, oh my God, where's the quote? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so what I did is I just kept all of those yeah. quotes. And I think it was from like March, whatever day COVID started and they shut everything down to August 9th, 
17th, the day I got out, I have every single mm. sticky note. And I just took the, the top 50 ones that kind of resonated with me mm. and I turned it into like a journal. So I'm going to release that this year on my birthday. So that's how I kind of say it was accidental because it wasn't something that I intentionally did. But yeah, every, I got every single sticky note. And who knows what that might who, turn into. You know, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. So if I had to sit down for a little bit of time, yeah. bro, I'm going to take that every day. Mm. Because now, I, like you said, I see things differently. Yeah, I see the big picture. I see what I'm capable of doing because we got through that. Mm. So that means like, hey, we we ain't really the ones to play with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So, well, like when I look at all this stuff in here, like all this was like manifested. This is with me sitting in my cell, brainstorming, like every little detail, this thumbprint, this wall right here, this ATM. I didn't know I was going to do a podcast, but I knew I wanted a brand to yeah. represent me. And these little ideas that I came up with, I just got out and I just You I went. activated. Yeah. Because you got the blueprint right there. It's yeah. not hard to follow a plan yeah. if you actually got a plan. Mm -hmm. But when you out here freestyling, that's when shit could go yeah. to the left because there's no contingency plan. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you you looked at every single detail. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, went, it really wasn't nothing to it but to do it. Mm -hmm. You know? And you see where where you've what you've been able to accomplish in six months in a year mm -hmm. and you know what i mean so multiply that by three yeah <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about now yeah. we talking spotify numbers now we talking you know deal strategic partnerships with mm -hmm. you know major media conglomerates because that's where it's going they giving these podcast deals like they giving nfl contracts yeah like they running up a check, mm -hmm. you know, and you building the infrastructure and a foundation that you never would have been able to build had you still been doing what you was doing. I probably had a lot of money. Yeah. But but you wouldn't have knew what to do with it. Mm -mm. <laughs> you would have been jumping on every wave. Yeah. Nigga, come on. Hey, bro, you need 50,000. We going to flip it. Boom. That 50 gone. Yeah. Nigga done ran off on the plug. Fucked it up. You know, done fucked it up. Done yeah. fucked up the money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or I'm going to get, you know... 25 Airbnbs. Okay, then the people find out you got the Airbnbs and the yeah. CPN. Now they shut all that <laughs> shit down. Like, niggas, <laughs> you know, yeah. niggas gonna do nigga shit. Yeah. You know, niggas gonna nigga. You know what I mean? But when you sit down and you really, you really, 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 really put a play together, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's more of a mental thing. It's more of a mental thing. Like, once you put the play together, and I always used to say this. It's one thing to have a dream, and it's a totally different thing to make it happen. Yeah. It's a totally different Action. thing. Action. You could dream all day. You could dream all day. Yeah. yeah. But you got to put some hustle behind them prayers. Mm -hmm. And when you do that shit, going to go. Mm -hmm. It's going to go. Like, I'm a walking, talking testament of that. You are a walking, talking mm -hmm. testament of that. When you can see things as vividly as a logo, yeah. as, you know what I mean? To the detail, like, damn, this how this shit going to look. This is how it's going to look on a t-shirt. Because everything got to be measured on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Like if it look good on a t-shirt, <laughs> nine times out of ten, yeah. it's a good logo. Mm. You know what I mean? So for you to be able to visualize that and take, you know, the, the acronym for fraud and mm. turn that into something, you know what I mean? Positive and, you know, because these, these adjectives have a negative connotation, finessing. Yeah. Fraud. And, you know, that's not something that's looked at in a positive light, mm. you know? But shit. 
you finessing. You finessing life. Like I'm look, I'ma work my move. Yeah. And I'ma get what I'm supposed to get yeah. out of this one life that we got. And Next. it ain't it ain't nothing wrong with that. Shit. Run it up. I'm <laughs> running up, run it up, foot on gas, do not stop, mm. go. And that's just that's just my mentality. Yeah. Because at any given day, D Cracker showed you your shit could go from up. Man. How you think them boys feeling in where they at? Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at that shit with Gunna. I was like, this. Shit I was up. just looking at him. He had the mat. Mm-hmm. How you go from that? How you go from that? To I mean, you at the bed. highest level of. To the bunk bed. He probably ain't do shit. <laughs> Three hots in a cot. <laughs> Man. You all in fucking the Mafi Coast with Poochie and on yeah. the cigarette boat and you really pimping. Nigga, sick right now. Sick. Mm. See, and I'm just like, damn. That's how quick this shit And that's how quick. Mm-hmm. That's how quick you could be up and gone. So, yeah, man, just, but congratulations. Like, me and you have been talking a lot, you know, via, like, DM and stuff. And I just was like, every time I see something, you know, that you post or something that resonates, I'd be like, dang, he really doing his thing. I appreciate every, yeah. post, every like, comment, yeah. DM, like. Cause everybody ain't real. Yeah. It don't take nothing. If you see somebody doing their thing, like mm-hmm. salute them. Yeah. Cause you don't know what they had to go through to get to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, hey boy, I see you doing your thing. Keep going, keep pushing. That ain't gonna hurt you. Right. right. But you don't know what it can do on the other side yeah. for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know. So I salute you. Like I love to see this type of shit. Like man, y'all can't stop us. Hell no. Like y'all cannot stop us. We is up and stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just the way, that's just what it is. So. I appreciate this interview. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm, I, I hope it was good. I no, I think this was dope. I think this was dope <laughs> for doing the first one. I got a lot of people I was locked up with, man. Mm-hmm. Like some big hitters, like some BMF niggas. I was locked up with Loon. Um, wow. Where were you? I was in Yazoo. Where is that at? Mississippi. Okay. Yeah, we was at a low. Okay. But I met some good dudes. You right. know what I'm saying? Good dudes that was really heavy in the streets and they just fucked with me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I never tried to put on a persona in prison. Like, you know, niggas come in there and you could be whoever you want to be in prison. I'm talking about. And listen, I was doing this, I was doing listen, that. Man. But you but you short three noodles. Yeah. But you got down the man in these streets. Man. Listen. Now that we home, I'm going to tell you when shit got crazy for me, because I'm a very, like, person, like, I'm a, I be by myself. Yeah. I'm not a real, you know, that type. And I ain't coming to prison to make friends. Like, I got real yeah. friends outside. Yeah. Like, I ain't going to be here that long. I'm going to yeah. do my time and get the fuck on. So, when my picture started coming in. Yeah. And then my people sent me a copy of one of my books. Yeah. It was just like, man, yeah. This bitch thinks she booked it. Booked. Yeah. I'm like, I ain't said nothing. Yeah, the pictures is the pictures that listen. Yeah. I don't have to tell my story. Time will. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now that we home, mm-hmm. damn, Playboy, where mm-hmm. the fuck is the Hummers at? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where all that fly shit you was talking, yeah, yeah. I don't see none of that. And I wasn't even saying shit, mm-hmm. but I'm moving how I move. Yeah. Because it's like people, somebody might send me a picture in and my Instagram name on the bottom of it. I done literally called a bitch, 
writing my Instagram <laughs> name down. And she going to email that shit to a motherfucker like, look on this bitch page and see, man, yeah. bitch is telling me this. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. And I knew that shit was crazy when a girl came and told me, she was like, you know, this, I had just got there. And she was like, you got to kind of watch how you move, you know, because people be talking because, you know, I've been hearing that um, somebody said like they never seen you brush your teeth. This is <laughs> Jonathan, look at my teeth. <laughs> White. <laughs> Why I look like a motherfucker? They mine. Like, yeah. I was born with these. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I go get cleanings every six months. Mm. Do I look like a bitch that don't brush their teeth? And I'm just like, y'all really watching? I'm like, I don't even know when my bunkie brush her teeth. I'm not watching y'all bitches like that. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, I don't, I do not care. I don't care. I promise. But that shit, I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is what they do. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. And like you said, you could be anybody you want. That's why I say you want to be the man on the campus. You want to be the big dog. Be that. Be that. Be that. I'm going to let you have all of that. Be I that. promise I'm not going to stand in your way. So yeah. I know who to come. If I need some contraband, I know you got it, right? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to know. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, you don't need to know everybody. You just need to know the right people. The right people, people. yeah. Because I don't want to know everybody. Mm-hmm. I just need to know, be able to put my hands on a couple motherfuckers. That's gonna make some shape. I try to stay quiet in there. Yeah, I did too. But I you, mean, can't. Yeah, you can't. Your aura and yeah. your persona, like, and I'm telling my like, mother, like, oh, that bitch thinks she all that. I'm like, bro, I'm wearing the same Tims, same, the same yeah, yeah. shit you got on. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What yeah. the fuck? It, <laughs> I was trying to hide. Like, I was trying to just blend in yeah, my time and just be. You know, but you can't. Yeah. It's it's just something in you. And I tell you, it ain't on you, it's in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that you can't, I don't care how humble you try to be, because that was me. Like, I used to work out with a whole bunch of white girls, mm-hmm. you know, because I just didn't want people, because I know how people look at me, mm-hmm. like, and what they think that I think about myself. Mm-hmm. I do think I'm the shit. Like, why would I not? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like... I'm not going to be walking around like, oh, you know what? I'm a really fucked up person. Right. Like, I'm a real I'm a nobody. Yeah. yeah, like, who do that? Yeah. You know? And so, I remember I asked somebody, we was on the compound, and I was like, what is it about me that makes people have this perception of me? And she was like, that you really who, you really you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what it boils down to. You are authentically you. And when you're authentically you, stuff won't, it won't bother you. You could be yourself and you won't feel the need to want to blend in. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. being you, like I always say, I'm the coldest at doing me. Mm-hmm. I can't do nothing else. But me, mm-hmm. man, I'm a max out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm maxing out on me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if, if I get it. Like your aura, like the way you walk, the way you talk, yeah. the way you... It is what it you is. Can't like, hide that. It is what it is. Yeah. You know? I, and I would try to like avoid certain conversations because like I know me and I know people gravitate on the street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People gravitate towards me. So it's like, let me not just open up to all these motherfuckers in here. But when I started, like my pictures came in and I was showing like people my pictures and shit and like, all right, words started the circulating. Like, gonna kill them, yeah. bro. You can't yeah. show them pictures. It was a whole different person because like I was, that was like, nigga, this you. This you? Yeah. Even yeah. like now, niggas from prison, they'll hit me up and be like, bro, I've been seeing you on Instagram, TikTok. Like, bro, you did a whole 360, bro. Like, I say, yeah, but I was just really just laying low. Yeah, you know I was just saying? trying like, to be cool. I'm just doing my time because yeah. I don't want no pressure. I don't want no smoke. Yeah. I don't want no unnecessary enemies. I don't want any of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to do my time and get back to my real life. Yeah, yeah. That's it. 
in my plans and what it is that I got to do. Yeah. And that's it. So I listen, I feel you, but yeah, I'm super proud of you because this is dope. This is a dope platform and I just see great, great things, great things for you. But I'm going to definitely hit you up. I told you I want you in the magazine. Definitely. Yeah. And we sending that shit right back to where you say you was at. Yazoo, Mississippi. Yazoo, Mississippi. I got them niggas locked in right now. We're going to flood that bitch. I'm talking about. <laughs> They're going to be passing that bitch around like, yes. yo, Hell I'm telling yeah. you, that's how it is. Hell yeah. They're going to be passing that bitch around like, that nigga was in here. Yeah. He was so and so. Yo, Barky in the. I'm telling you. It's going to be big too. Cause because like, that's what they need to see. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. need to see that. That's facts. Like you, man, man, fuck these people. Come home and and handle your yeah. business. Yeah, inspiring, inspiring, yeah. and that's all. And that's all it is. Like we ain't trying to brag. We ain't trying to boast. We just trying to show you. Yeah. Because until you see it can be done, you don't think it could be done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So representation. I, I'm big on that. I'm big on representation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna show you what it looked like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now you shouldn't have no problems. <laughs> Look, listen, this um that little post I made the other day about um I'm gonna teach guys how to do this and I'm gonna give away my scat pack. Mm-hmm. Man, I called my homie called me today. Was like, hey, bro, you give me a scat pack away? This nigga in Yazoo right now. I was like, what the fuck? Are you th-? He's like, bro, everybody talking about you and you rich as hell. Talking about you giving away a whole you car. You rich as hell. You giving away cars, my boy. I said, you know what? I gotta keep this shit going, man. Cause <laughs> these niggas is locked in. They man. locked in. They locked in. They locked in. I'm telling you, Bobby hit me like, yo, sis, we got to do a... This nigga sent me like 30 people. Like, can you send these people magazines? Can you send these people... And like Kevin, the guy that that um, that created it, he does something, I think, maybe on like Fridays where people could call him from prison. He'll accept the call and they'll, he'll put them on live or whatever, and they'll talk about whatever it is that yeah. they want to talk about. And he's like, now people was hitting him up. Like, I can't get through. I was trying to call you on mm. Friday. <laughs> but it's, it, it is what it is. And even him, he like people hitting him up. Like, I see you doing big things. And, you know, it's three magazines floating on the But We need we need more. We need yeah. niggas fighting over yeah. the magazine. He say niggas got to put a list, they name on the list, the, the print, crazy. the magazine. You renting the magazine, bro? That's crazy. Send them niggas some more, man. <laughs> Send that shit. I just got a whole box of that. So somebody hit me, uh, Bobby's sister hit me today. Like, hey, we got a couple more people we could send. Yeah, we going to do that. We going to do that. Flood that shit. Yeah. They need, that's a lifeline. Mm-hmm. That's a lifeline. You know, if for you to see your, your people who you was... They right next to you. So mm-hmm. if he could do it, yeah. I know you could do it. Mm-hmm. And another guy that um I'm I'm getting ready to work with to put on the cover. I started designing the cover already. I talked to his manager. He's from Orlando. His name is Moot Boy. He's an artist. Mm-hmm. And Moot Boy recorded, he like a legend in the Florida prison system. Like, ain't nobody bigger than Moot Boy. From in in prison in Florida, he recorded a whole album on a burner phone on a mm-hmm. trap phone. Yeah, sent the vocals out. His people put it to the beat, dropped it like a month before he came home. Did a whole rollout. My boy had like twenty shows booked when he came <laughs> home. Like ran up a bag. That's crazy. Like charted on Billboard and everything. Mm, see, 
Just what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me if a nigga could make an album from the prison. Like you can't tell you, and you can't go to the studio. Yeah, you don't. Really want it. You, know <laughs> you don't want it. You can't. You don't want it. Yeah. This nigga was on a flip phone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and came home, and he ain't stopped running. He ain't stopped running since. And then what was so crazy? And this is the thing. That's why I'm saying so many ways to make money. I'm talking to Mook and his lawyer. They telling me this nigga get a five figure check every month from streaming music in the in prison. prisons. Oh, it's in the system. Yes. Damn, that's crazy. Who would even think of that as a that's demographic? Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. And he's saying like, yeah, I get a lot of streaming money from them. That's why I'm saying when I put him on that cover. Yeah. You think this Bobby cover did something? Man, Mook gonna go crazy. Mm. They gonna go crazy about that boy. And I'm I'm already knowing. I done already designed the cover. That shit's so hard. So I'm gonna do the interview with him in the next couple of weeks. Get that shit, and we gonna go. But yeah, like we ain't. I ain't stopping. It's up now. Like the best thing they could have did is that's the best thing they could have did. Mm-hmm. Is what they did. You know. Because like I said, you don't know how strong you got to be until you got to be that strong. So I don't show myself what I could do. So, hey. 